The opinions of Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman don't reflect the views of Gal Media. Parental discretion is advised. KFNC Mont Bellevue, Houston, a Gal Media station. Sports, 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 sports. So they just sit there and talk about sports? Yeah, and as a matter of fact, we have an update on the Nick Casario scale today. Hey, let's do this. It's a What Are the Odds Wednesday on the Blitz. Diabolical. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, this is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And The Blitz is on for our Wednesday. Welcome to the greatest show in the history of the known universe, you magnificent mother you know what? You want to get in today, 713-780-ESPN, your number 713-780-3776. You can also get us on the Blitz Facebook page. Find the Blitz. Click like. Send a message. Aaron will read it. Twitter is at Fred Power. If you are at AJ is the real. At Aaron is Blitz. At Degenerates 975. You can text the show. That's the main number. You can watch us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 975. Get on there. Comment. Say probably preferred method of communicating with the show. Probably Twitch, Twitter. Then the text line. And then rambling calls. And it's a Wednesday when you call, text, tweet, whatever you do, put odds on it. The odds is going to be a fun show, Hoffman. I'm percent like 95, 94. Wow. I, mean, I, I like to hope it will be. I, well, but I mean, I'm, I always, I always going in thinking. We haven't that. talked much. I don't know what kind of mood you're in. Well, I'm in know. a great mood, okay. but I, I've been coming in here in a great mood, and then after three hours of Deshaun Watson Texans talk, I'm kind of like, okay, I need a new career. So hopefully, you know, hopefully it's going to be a fun show. I, I feel good about it going in. God, who is that woman? Ellie Duncan. L. Duncan. Ugh. Oh. Uh. Yeah. That. That's. I don't care what she looks like. I just. I can't hear her takes because she's on. Like, because the. Wow, the that's just that, that, that. That's somebody HD does not do any favors. That. that sorry. Hey, if you're gonna be on TV, there's a reason I don't do TV. Because I would not look good on HD. You do do TV though. I do some, yeah. But right now I'm doing it via Zoom, so everybody's going to expect you to look. Oh, I take that back. I also did a, a video today for BetUSR mm-hmm. that's going to go international. Mm-hmm. But see, I, what I found with those things, uh, here's, here's the key to not looking like a total dork. You have this really badass background. So like when I shoot my ones for them, I, I do it on, a, on the computer, and I set it up to where my mural in the living room is in, my, in the background. So it's got the big horse and all this stuff. So, people is are just, that the is that the mural of the horse body with your head on it? Uh, that you had no that no you no had no painted. No, we had the, what we have and is, the horses excited. Yeah, yeah, to say the least. That, that's the uh, weirdest thing in Fred's house uh, is that painting. That that one's a little different. You keep that in a different room in the yeah, bedroom. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for <laughs> private use. But uh, no, we we had a mural done a few years ago that has like one side of it is all the places that the Canadians lived. And then the other one's all the places where I've lived and worked. And then in the middle, there's a big horse because that's how we met through horse racing. And it's a really cool mural. Um, and so, yeah, I put that in the background. So nobody sees how ugly I look. They're just looking at that going, wow, that's a pretty cool ass mural. Hmm. So that's my new strategy. It's, it's the background. It's not the. You think background saves people from noticing your face. Exactly. Hmm. Those are little tactics, man. You just learn to use them. Like. L. Duncan was just on, and there were, like, flames going off behind well, her. Well, they set those off to distract <laughs> you, right? So you're like, oh, wow, look, there's flames. 
but you still notice. Um, well, no. I'm just saying, people. Well, might be but noticing. that was that was before the flames. Okay? Oh, all right, all right. See now, now I've got that stupid cheap trick song in my head. I will be the flame. Ah, don't do that to me. See, I'm trying to be in a good mood here. Oh, you know who's in a good mood? Lance McCullers. Yeah. Um, five years, eighty-five milli. It, good for him. We agree that I think that's. I think it's a fair deal for both sides, and I'm glad to see him resign him. I like the guy a lot. I know you're all about just get rid of everybody and don't pay him, but I, I, I like this guy. I think he's. Uh, I still think we haven't seen his best because he has dealt with injuries, and and maybe that means he deals with injuries forever. But if he winds up being the pitcher that you think he can be, you got a bargain over the next five years. And if not, you're not overpaying that much. So I like the deal. Uh, what's it come out around? 18 a year, 17 a year? 17 a year. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, if you think about it, if you're signing guys on one-year deals to come in and be your third starter, that's what you're paying. So I, I like it. Good for him. Good for the team. Good for the fans. That's good news for Astros fans because I don't know anybody that doesn't like Lance McCullers. I like Lance McCullers when he's playing. Yeah. And Lance McCullers never made more than 22 starts in a season, never pitched 130 innings in a season. Those are things that make me go, hmm. And, and it's not like it's been, I mean, he, he's, he'll be 27 next year. He's been this since he was 21. Like, this is what he is. He's really shown no sign that he can play a full Major League Baseball season without getting hurt. No, but, God, that's so distracting. But, no, but here's the thing. I mean, especially after that surgery, that's when a lot of guys stay healthy and they're at their best. It's not like in the old days when you'd have Tommy John surgery, oh, he'll never be the same. Most guys are better when they come back with that. So, I I mean, I, I still think the best is yet to come for him. And... You know, if that if that's what you're paying, I'm totally fine with it, and I think it's a good deal. And you know, I'm I'm of the belief that you need to keep some of these guys, and that's a guy I like. So and this contract doesn't kick in until next year. So. Yeah, right, right. He's a guy I like. Say, it's just you don't want to pay anybody. No, I, I mean, I, I like you've got to have guys who can play, like who who will be out there playing baseball. And and Lance, God bless him, like. 2015 and 16 were his two best seasons. That's when he was 21 and 22. I mean, he's not, it's not like he's gotten better since then. It's not like he's gotten healthier since then. Those things are alarming to me. And at some point, I get it. He's like, you, he's a guy you like to have in the locker room in the clubhouse. I, like, and I like Lance. I, I think he's a, uh, I, he's a fun pitcher when he's on. But I also don't think you can discount what his issues have been so far because they've been really, really consistent. If you're paying him 28 a year, then yeah, I'll, I'll hear your argument, but I mean, that's not that much money for a starting pitcher in major league baseball. And there is something to be said for a guy that has been part of your program. And, and, and I, I still think upsides there. And, and if it, if it busts, it busts. It's not that painful. I mean, next year you're going to have $60 million coming off the book books with Grinky and, Verlander. See, you're th- like you're thinking it's not that painful. Like this is three years ago when money's just cartoon money. I, I don't think that the well, I'm Astros- not good at math, but I think 18 is a hell of a lot less than 60. Yeah, <laughs> you were paying 60 for a league MVP. Like Lance McCullers pitches 20 games a season. He's not a league MVP type pitcher. 
Like one of those guys is a Hall of Famer. The other one is like, well, he's good when he's not. By the hurt. way, how, how much is that Hall of Famer going to pitch this year? Zero. And, and you're, if you want to talk about injuries, yeah. Do I want to re-sign him either? No. Well, you don't get a choice right now. No. But that's also the first time he's ever really had a major injury in his whole life. Man, he's also thirty-seven years old. It's going to happen at some point. Right now, imagine, right. imagine it if it had happened when he was twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. Would you would you be surprised by this now? No, you wouldn't because you say, oh, well, that's an injury-prone guy. It's one thing when a guy who's never never hurt gets hurt once. Okay, bleep happens. But when a guy gets hurt every single year, that well, that's a pattern. It is a pattern, but again, I, I think, you know, if, if the surgery takes, which I think it will, then I think we're going to see the best of him. And if you get the best of him over the next three or four years at that price, I'd rather have that. What you saw last year was that? Did that look like the best of him? Uh, he, I'm not talking. I'm not even going to have a conversation with you about last year. I think we've already. Well, it was the year after that. Tommy John surgery, right? Yeah, and he would just come back. And, and guys pitched. They played 60 games. AJ, let's let's quit using last year as any kind of measuring stick. Well, it, it all, that's always convenient for your arguments. But okay. Well, so are yours when you say, "Oh, this guy sucked for 60 games." How many guys suck for 60 games and then go out and play great for 100 and you forget? Like, I'll give you Yuli Gurriel, 2018. After 60 games, you would have cut him. The guy had a great season, but that's that's the thing. You can't judge you can't judge the whole thing from last year. You can't. And his stuff looked good last year when he did pitch, he, except for when they opened the roof on him. That was pretty bad. But he's consistently been a bad road pitcher. Like I said, I like Lance. I would have I would have signed Lance to a, a one year, two year extension, maybe, and said, "Let's see if you're right." Uh, the the five years five years feels long, but it's odd. But it, it also, I mean, you're gambling that he's gonna he's gonna become the pitcher you think he is, and if he does, you got a bargain. Now, of course, what happens three years from now if he's well? Then he wants more money. He wants more money, right. exactly. If he finally starts to meet the potential that he's had since 2015, yeah, then he'll want more money. Well, I mean, he's he's lived up to potential. What he hasn't done is stayed healthy. I mean. He's pitched pretty damn well when he's been out there, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. That that's that's the fair argument. And you know, if if you think that he's going to break down again, then okay. But I I don't hate the deal. I, I if if I could have gotten a three year extension, I'd feel better about it. But you're also kind of gambling that he's going to be pretty good, and if he is, then you're happy with that. All right, 713-780-ESPN is your number, 713-780-3776. What are the odds Wednesday? So make sure you put odds on everything. And uh, we come back, I'm going to tell you why Casario's score went up a little. It's a blitz on ESPN Listening to the Blitz on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Here's Fred Fowler and AJ Hoffman, and we're back on the Blitz. Seven one three seven eight zero. ESPN is your number. What are the odds Wednesday? I made it a segment before I decided I it was going to be a crappy show. 
There's that. I don't think it's going to be a crappy show. Uh, here's what I, I'll say. And uh, IOTH Town, who loves the uh, loves the signing, says, what's a good number, AJ? 12, 14, 8. I, I mean, I, the number, like the the money number is less obtrusive if it's for two years. or But if it is a longer term deal, yeah, I, I think 14 would have been a pretty fair number. For I mean, for a guy who has literally had zero healthy seasons ever, I, th- I think it's okay to say, hey, we need you to prove it a little bit. But I get it. He's a fan favorite, so you get you got to give him. You got you got to give it to him. Well, it's it's not just that. You're also looking at a team that has had its issues publicly, and then and this is a guy who's big in the community who's done a lot of good stuff. I mean, I I, I think that's important to have those kind of players on your roster because you know it, it doesn't look like the. Uh, this crap's going to go away, by the way. the uh, You had the stupid security guard banging the trash can. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it, having a guy like that is fine. But if you're willing to do $14 million, I'm sorry. It, it, I know we're talking about numbers that average people don't have anything to do with. The difference between 14 and 18 a year is not that big a deal. Now, I, I, I agree maybe not five years, but, you know. We'll see. We'll see if it works out. But I, I, I'm okay with it. Not my money. I'm, I'm always willing to overspend. No, but then the next time when they don't spend money and you're like, why aren't they spending money? Well, then it's your money because now you're complaining about it and you're, they didn't get this player, they didn't go after this free agent, or they didn't make this trade at the when deadline. When was the last time I did that with the Astros? Well, last time you complained about them not making a move at the deadline? Yeah. It, it, just a couple of years ago. Was it last year or the year before? No, it wasn't when last year. they made no moves at well, the it was, deadline. It was last year they made no moves at the deadline, which nobody did because it was a short season. So it would have been nice to get a reliever, but it had nothing to do with money. I, what, what do you mean it had nothing to do with money? It had nothing to do with money. It's not, I mean, it would have. I, you, you, I, you don't think I if they said, had full stands and they were raking in dough that they no, would have been. No, what I said was it'd been nice to go get an extra reliever and there's guys that are out there that were cheap that would have helped you. Uh, you didn't have to go spend $20 million on a, on a reliever. But even then, I understood why they didn't do it. So, yeah. Eh. That all sounds good, but there has to be some truth to it. <laughs> okay. So, like, All right. Well, maybe not just you. How about everybody who complains about them not getting free agents, them not being big players for free agents? Little $4 million here and there. $4 million over a five-year span is $20 million. That's money. Like, that's real money. And this is not the Yankees or the Dodgers. And if you thought they were when they had this mega lineup of young guys, good for you for thinking that. That's going away. You're not always, like, I, when Josh Reddick was the worst hitter in the lineup for the Astros, and Astros was like, we got to get rid of Josh Reddick. He's killing us in the nine hole. Well, that's what nine hitters, like, Josh Reddick was actually pretty good for a nine hitter. That's not how real lineups are built. But if you want to you bitch about what a guy's getting paid, he was way overpaid for a sure nine he was. But I'm saying you're going to have some option like that, and that's, that's what real baseball is like. It's not like the, you know, the 2002 Yankees where Gary Sheffield hit seventh for you. That, that's not real world, especially for this organization in this time. Well, maybe I ought to give him a little credit because, frankly, they've been able to go and get guys uh, like Michael Brantley on his deal. Hell of a deal. 
You know, they're looking ahead here knowing that Grinky's coming off the books and Grinky probably wants to go back to the National League, so you're not going to re-sign him. Maybe you bring Verlander back. You're not going to be paying him $30 million if you do. It's a lot of money off the books moving forward. Now, I think if you wind up, and the, and look, they you knew they weren't going to be able to sign George Springer. Okay, I'm cool with that. I, I get that. But, I mean, the, this organization's been pretty good at figuring things out. Now, they don't have Jeff Luno anymore. I don't know how good James Click is, but they seem to find a way to keep churning things, and they find a way to keep the money where they want it. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Trash cans or not, 2017. And, oh, by the way, 108 wins in 2018, one game away from winning the World yeah. Series. I think they know what they're doing. Okay. So, but that's just me. Well, also, also, no, it's not just you. It's the guys who built that team. A lot of them are gone now. You realize that. I did. I just said that with Jeff Luno not there. I don't know for sure, but Crane has been willing to spend the money. Crane's overseen a lot of this stuff. I'm assuming that uh, he's going to be involved. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the direction they're going to go. I say that, and then they just spend $18 million a year on a guy. But I think that the direction they're going to go is more towards the, the Tampa model, which is why you bring in a James Click. I'm okay with that, too. Now, to do that... But paying guys who are consistently injured is the opposite of the Tampa model. Well, then they're going to pay their own guys. I'm okay with that, too. I mean, yeah, I... I, I mean, I get it. You, 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 want, you want them to either get real bargains on guys or just get rid of them. And I, I, I think there's something to keep in your own guys. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. You look back, maybe, just maybe you overpaid for Altuve? No, I don't think so. I, I think you still got Altuve. I mean, I, I, because, I still think you got I mean, a good deal, deal on Altuve. And again, I'm going to throw last year out, but kind of the end of the season before, start to wonder if maybe he's going the wrong way and he's just getting started on that contract now. Maybe underpaid for Bregman. Well, uh, I mean, mm. if, if last year is the exception to the rule, I think you you did get a good deal on Bregman. So, yeah, I I I I trust what they're doing, and I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. If it winds up being wrong, then I'm not going to second guess them on. It. I'm not going to come back and say, "Oh well, that was stupid. They shouldn't have done that." It's like, hey, I thought it was a good deal at the time. Just like when I thought the Texans hired Bill O'Brien, I thought that was the best available guy at the time. Yeah. Now they held on to him for too long. But, you know, we'll see how it works out. I'm not going to begrudge any, anybody for getting their money. But that's the other thing. Like, you, you could have easily just played this season out, and if he were healthy, you pay him. Yeah, see, well, the, that's the gamble you run into, though. Let's say he is healthy in the last year of his contract and goes out and has an 18-win season with a 250 ERA and a bunch of strikeouts. Now you're paying him $25, 30000000 million. Somebody's going to. Then I then don't you just say, okay, well, let somebody do that. And I'd rather have him for 18 the next year. Unless he breaks again. Yeah, but you know what? That's And again, the, and again. And okay. you say, like, you you act like that's not a possibility, but that's no. what he's done every single I, year. I, I get that it's a possibility. But I'm also not going to assume a guy is going to break. Why? Because, like, like I said, how did many— Did you assume Will Fuller was going to break? You did every well, yeah, week. Yeah, Will Fuller. Because I, he had a history of it. He did. Why are you overlooking this history? Different not... kind of injuries, man. Will Fuller was always soft tissue. Oh, elbow issues. Those, those are no, great for pitchers. No, but— Shoulder issues. Again, man, you get Tommy John, so many of these guys now come back with stronger and better arms from that surgery. And you can't just dismiss that. I mean, that's what you're doing. So, oh, well, he had that Tommy John. He's going he's gonna to get hurt again. 
It's a lock. So, look, whatever. He signed. You don't like it. I do. What does it matter? We sit here and argue about it, really. Got something else on the Astros for you. What's that? John Heyman tweeted out uh, about 10 minutes ago, the Astros have offered superstar Carlos Correa about $120 million for six years, and no surprise to this point, there is no sign of traction. Assuming no deal occurs, Correa 26 now will be the youngest in a great free agent class. $120 million for, for six, six years? years? Boy, I, I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not surprised that he would laugh at that at that number uh, or, or that that number wouldn't even get him interested. But it is odd that they would pay. I mean, I, who, who do they think is more important to their team going forward, McCullers or Correa? Got to be Correa, right? I, I mean, that's who I would have assumed. But well, judging on those numbers, yeah, but well, I, not I, really. But I think you're looking at. Like you, you can get McCullers for eighteen. You're not getting Carlos Correa for eighteen. Well, you're not getting him for twenty either. N- apparently not. <laughs> but I mean that—that's the thing. You look at the market for shortstops, and you can make the same arguments about Correa being hurt. And, and I'll, I'll listen to that too. And I think with his body type, he concerns me a little more long term. But you're going to have to pay somebody's going to pay him. Like Lindor wants over three hundred million. Yeah. Tatis got over now. His but like, Lindor's also been healthy. Yeah, but uh, Tatis got. I mean, he hasn't and been a better around. player. I, you know, that's, I think that's arguable when they're both healthy. I'd probably take Lindor over Correa, but I, I don't think that's, a, you know, I don't think it's clear. But Tatis, I mean, his was 14 years, but I mean, we don't know that he's going to hold up long term either. No. So in this case, I mean, from an Astros perspective, yeah, I throw that deal out there and hope he takes it. If he doesn't, then you can say, you know what, we tried. Would you rather. So we just talked about it. it's just it's just money, right? Would it make more sense to offer Lance McCullers fourteen million a year and Carlos Correa twenty four million a year? And then I don't feel like either I don't I don't feel like there's any party who is just like laughing at that number because I I think Lance McCullers fourteen a year we can all agree that would be fair. It's not like he's like whoa 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 what are we lowballing him? I mean the guy's not been on the field. That's a fair offer. Carlos Correa is as is, is good as he, I mean, now if he thinks he's going to go get $30 million a year, then so be it. But $24 million would be nothing to laugh at. No, but there's a no guarantee that gets that done. And why does one have to have anything to do with the other? Because I, that's how I mean, again, you think there's just this well of money that's never ending. No, have, have I not just told you how much money's coming off the books next year that you're, you're going to be able to put a chunk of that into these guys? Have you not paid any attention to that? Okay. Well, here's the thing. When you paid that money to Justin Verlander and Zach Greinke, they were to be your w- number one and two guys, right? Are you just, is Lance McCullers your ace going forward? No, but he's going to be one of your top three pitchers, okay, hopefully. And maybe he does become your ace because next year you're probably not going to have Who's Grinke. one and two? Like, right now? I mean, no, next year when the money comes off, this magical money of Ver- Verlander or Greinke is gone. It's not magical money. It's, uh, it's actual money. But it's money that uh, you would like to spend on real frontline starting pitchers. Yeah, how often does that work out where you spend a bunch of money on those guys? No, seriously. <laughs> it worked out with those two guys. It worked out with Verlander until it didn't, until he got hurt. You got a World Series out of that. You can't tell me it worked no, out until it didn't. No, it, it but worked. they paid him after he got the World Series is when they gave him the, okay. the, the extension, which is fine. I don't mind rewarding a guy for that. But how often do you spend big money on pitchers and free agency and it works out? I mean, the, the model they've used is go and trade for guys like Garrett Cole while they still have team control over him. That's what you should be doing. 
And, and I'm totally fine with that. But they're not going to, you're saying, oh, well, they're not going to go out on the market and sign Clayton, let's have Clayton Kershaw's name out there, even though he won't be a free agent. Right. Oh, you can't sign Clayton Kershaw because you signed Lance McCullers. They were never going to do that anyway. That hasn't been their MO. Okay. Well, then I, I guess they're they're, they're going to be good with Jose Arquiti will just step right in for Justin Verlander and it'll be like no, nothing ever and, happened. And you know what? Maybe they bring Verlander back next year for twenty million. You're still saving money off of. And I, I mean, I don't know what he wants. I assume he wants to uh, come back, but I mean, he, that's not a long term solution, but, though. Uh, no, it's not. But again, what is this team going to be next year? They might not be a team where Justin Verlander makes a difference. And if that's the case, no, you don't bring him back. But it's not just that. You know, you're going to have that coming off the books, but that doesn't mean you'll spend it all. I don't think they're spending all this money. I think they're going to try to spend some of it to keep their guys, which makes sense. Yeah, if if they're only offering Correa twenty, I, I would go on record right now as saying that deal's never happening. There's zero chance of that. Now six years, that that feels like a lot too. So. But like you said, Lindor's probably thinking he's going to get 10 years, 30 million per. Yeah, and, and that's what he's asking from the Mets, and that's probably what he's going to get. So that's going to set the market, which means Correa is going to come in around 27, 28. I don't think he's getting Lindor money, but he's going to. He shouldn't get Lindor money. We agree on that. Yeah, but if he's a free agent, he might because guys will try to pay it, right? They, because they can't, do we agree that you if, can't get Francisco Lindor if he signs with the Mets. So. Do we agree if the Astros pay Carlos Correa Francisco Lindor money that they're making a mistake? Absolutely. Okay. All right, I got to tell you guys about Carbock, sweet, delicious Carbock. That'll settle every discussion. And whatever whatever you're arguing over, whether it's Lance McCullers' contract or whatever, you just open up a Carbock and everything's better. Uh, guys, they've got something for everyone, including the ranch water. Got a lot of uh, a lot of people reaching out to me saying, hey, try the ranch water. It's fantastic. The prickly pear may be my favorite. I, I, I'm torn. I like all the flavors, but the prickly pear, may, may, they may be tops. Uh, and, and if you're not into the ranch water, that's cool. They've still got plenty of beer for you to choose from love street Crawford Bach, which is an, an everyday drinker, just really smooth, really easy drinking, uh, and Hopadillo light circus, a, a ton of different IPAs, rodeo clown. Uh, so something for everybody on that front as well. And if you go to the restaurant, they've got beers that you can't find anywhere else in the whole wide world. So you can have those. Plus you can have yourself a fantastic meal open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Get on in there. See what they got on the menu. Uh, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And when you're out and about, make sure you grab yourself some Carbock. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. Sorry, I had to tell A.J. something funny that unfortunately I can't share on the air, but it was funny. You guys have to take my word for it. Uh, Just real quick, I don't know what the number is, but L.A. Kings, San Jose, under six tonight. I bet it at six. Five and a half is fine, too. So just want to make sure you guys have my hockey play for the night. Uh, I'm on a 0-2 run after a 12-0-1 run, so we, you know. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. At what point do you stop calling it the same run? Like once it, once it- I, I like to start from scratch, so today is a new day. Okay. But we're going to cancel 12-2-1 over. Okay. Means 0-2 is over, so here we go. New day. All right. Because um, sometimes I feel like if you keep carrying around that 12, it hurts you. 
So it's a lot easier yeah, to just yeah. start a new. I, you know what? Because like if I come back tomorrow, I'll have a one one. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a all big right. Deal. But we'll bounce back. We shall. We shall come back. Okay. So I wanted to get to this. Unless you want to beat me up some more over four million dollars a year difference on a contract. No, I do want to talk <laughs> hockey at some point today, oh, though. Uh, oh, geez, I do want to get to that, eh? Um, what a hoser! I mean, it's kind of a that's actually a bigger picture discussion too. We can get to, Absolutely, we, we can get to that now if you want because because that's we talk that's a sports betting that that's a it it's not like quite Donaghy level. No, but it's 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 the next step like it's the next step back from that and what's funny is uh, i was talking to joel about this and they you know they knew every single ref who had a beef with every guy uh personally and you know and they they allowed for that they figured that daryl used to figure that into his analytics but let's let this is bigger than that because let's get to it it wasn't much but i wanted to get a penalty against nashville early in the yeah like so basically he called a penalty and then said it wasn't much but I wanted to get a bleeping penalty against Nashville early. Uh well, that, not wise guys. That that's not good. Dude, and I mean when we're talking by the way to to their credit the NH, the the NHL came out and said that referee's no longer working NHL games. Yeah, He's done. You're, you're gone. See ya. And that's the right that's the right response. Absolutely. The the scary thing is he just said that to his his you know, his peer n- willy-nilly. Like, do you really think Tim Donaghy when he was doing his thing was like, "Hey, I, I just wanted to call some fouls on them. I got I got to cover this game." <laughs> like he says it like like that's something that gets said all the time in games. Like, wouldn't you feel like if he if he said, "Okay, I wanted to call," I, I know there wasn't a penalty there. I just wanted to I wanted to put them in a hole early. Wouldn't the other refs look at you and be like, "What?" The fact that that's something that even gets discussed amongst refs is scary. Well, it, it's either that or he had something personal against the guy, which went back to another game. Either way, it's it's bad. And and see, I, I think NBA refs do this all the time, where they have personal vendettas against certain players, and. Frankly, I think every one of them should be fired. If you don't get along with a guy and you impact the game because of it. So in this case, whether it's, hey, he just wanted to put him in a hole, which that's really bad, or he had a beef against this guy, so he wanted to give him a penalty, also very bad. Can't have that. And 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 if you're a ref in any sport, okay, this is a PSA for you, especially with more and more legalized gambling, you know who's going to be in the crosshairs? You. You're the guy that people are going to try to get to to affect games. So the last thing you want to do, is, and, and this this is stupid to me, that you're going to let testosterone or some, some guy calls you a dickweed, uh, some player calls you a dickweed, so you're going to call a penalty on him. Uh, that's just dumb. You, know, you, you guys need to grow up a little bit. So there's people who have said... Uh, you know, in the NHL, they wanted to. Uh, he was looking to make up, make a makeup call because Nashville had scored a power play goal in the first period after a Detroit penalty. There are people who are like, "Well, makeup calls are very common in sports. They are, and they're also dumb. It's terrible. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan of them. Like two mistakes. Don't. How often do you see it in football? Though you get a, a really questionable interference call, and the very next, uh, the very next play is a hold on the offense. Uh, we see that a lot. And, and I'm not a fan of that. I'm kind of a fan of, hey, don't bleep it up to begin with. Get the call right. 
And, you know, okay, so if you made a bad call somewhere else, you're going to make another bad call? That that works? That evens things up? Um, Tim Peel is getting canned for doing and saying out loud what every NHL referee does but doesn't say out loud every night. I've been saying for a while that NHL refereeing is in crisis and worse than it's ever been. This shocking development is proof of that. Do you agree? Um, no. I, here, here's... I think refereeing in general has always been bad. And even when we had the replacement refs in the NFL, oh, look at this, look at this. When the real ones came back, they were just as awful. And they still are just as awful. In general, there there should be better referees in every sport. I don't think hockey is even the worst of the sports when it comes to bad refs. I think it's, I think it's probably... I think... NBA has the, the worst, NFL second, but those two are pretty close. And then I think it's a pretty good drop-off to baseball and hockey. I think those are the next ones. Because baseball is another one where if a guy's just making bad calls at the plate, at least you know he's making bad calls most of the time. Most of them are consistent even when they're bad, except for the ones whose names we know. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't think hockey refereeing is anywhere near the bottom compared to everybody else. It's not good. There's not a single league I look at and say, man, these guys do a great job. Tim Peel has officiated nearly 1,500 NHL games, including 90 in the playoffs, and he was a referee in the 2014 Sochi Olympics. Like, this guy's been around for a long yeah. time. This is a veteran dude. And here's... But it also, it also seems like no one's denying that this happens pretty much every night. Like for yeah. And there is, like... I've read a lot about this. There's like a culture of it's really odd, but like the referees almost have a culture of fairness. Like if they feel like if they call a penalty one way, they need to call it the other way. Like, or if it was iffy one way, they'll call an iffy penalty the other way. Have you noticed that? Uh, sometimes, but it's, it's, it's not that common because the, the big difference here is like with basketball, you can call a foul and, call a makeup foul it's not really impacting the game but you start calling penalties in hockey and giving teams power plays and that that has a much bigger impact it's like soccer if you give a team a penalty kick it's gonna have a much bigger impact yeah so uh, i see it i don't think it's as as widespread as yeah and i know when something like this happens i was oh this happens all the time it happens I don't think it's as widespread as people are trying to make it out to be. And I, I do see it, but just because you see it one time in six games in a night, does that make it prevalent? Maybe you see it twice. I mean, I don't know. Uh, that's, but, and I also think that, that sometimes there is a place for makeup calls. Like if you do something so blatant that the other guy does, but but if it's, Again, when you get into a sport like hockey or a sport like soccer and you do something like that, you're, you're not giving them a goal, but you're almost giving them a goal, yeah. and, and that's a big deal. Basketball, okay, it's the first half. Your team's winning 58-56. I hacked the crap out of you. Uh, you don't get a call, and uh, so the next time down, I barely touch you. They give you the call to make up for it. Okay, big deal. Do you think if a, if a hockey game is 4 nothing, and there's a questionable call, call that can be made against a team that's up for nothing that they're more likely to do it than they would be against a team down for nothing 
Um, probably, probably. But you you feel like it's that way in every sport. Yeah, I do. I think every sport, the and I think uh, it, and somebody brought up a good point on Twitter. It's like with the speed of the game, how can you ensure the right call is made every time without slowing down? It's the tough. Game? No, I, I don't want to say it's easy, but that's why I think that officiating it, officiating's harder than it's ever been, and it's also worse than it's ever been. And I think those two things kind of go hand in hand. But I, what? Go ahead. I was going to say I think the big part of the problem is his the way he actually verbally said it. Because had he said, had his act, what actually got caught on the hot mic was, man, I really screwed up that call in the first. I was, I wanted to get it back and, you know, make up for it to even things out. Then everybody's talking about, well, makeup calls happen. Okay, can we admit makeup calls happen from time to time? Yes. It's not as big. But the way he said, I wanted to give an effing penalty to Nashville early on, right. makes it seem like there's something shady there. Yeah. Had it just been. Well, there a, is something shady there. Well, yeah. No matter but, how you want to slice it, that's, that is not acceptable. But referees talking about, yeah, I screwed up that call early. I wanted to get them a penalty to get, you know, kind of even it out, get it back. That's something a little bit more understandable to the public eye than I wanted to penalize Nashville effing early. Well, but either way, there's only two reasons you do that. You got a beef against the team or you got a beef against the player. And either way, or you're trying to impact the result of the game, which is even worse. And by the way, be smart enough to not get caught on a microphone with crap like that. Just don't understand, man. It's it's in the world we live in today, you would try to be I would try to be above reproach completely if I did a job like that. Then again, I also wouldn't be soliciting mas- masseuses to take care of me. Either. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's the Blitz on ESPN Listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN. So, guys on the text line, I can't text you back, okay? <laughs> Can you text me back? What? Dave the Lawyer's number. Uh, no, but I can tell you it's 713-626-8900. Yeah, I cannot text you back on the text line. It's basically an email thing. You text in and it goes to an email. It's pretty good. So just wanted you guys to know that. Um, but just a quick follow-up on this because, you know, and, and this isn't really a hockey story. This is about officiating. And somebody brought up a really good point, something you and I have been saying for years. Make these guys available after every game. Make everything transparent. I really think that's the best way to fix all of this. Uh, it, like they should it, yeah. have to answer questions. Like if you're if you're Mike Tomlin and you make a really stupid decision late in the game, you got to answer for it. If you're Kelvin Sampson, you have to answer for your decisions. Why not the refs? I mean, to me, every single one of them should have to go into a press conference after the game. And if there's nothing controversial, great, no questions. But if you you make a call, say, all right, what did you see 
in that high sticking in the first period when the stick clearly missed the guy by a foot. And, you know, at least let him say, hey, well, from my angle, it looked like it hit him. And Hockey it, it, doesn't have any form of replay, do they? They do have replay, but it's not for penalties. It's just like uh, goals and stuff like uh, that. They replay goals to make sure it crossed the line. They replay offsides. Okay. Uh, which which I'm not a fan of because they can they can re- they can run the whole play and be in the zone for 30 seconds and somebody scores a goal and then you can challenge it and say oh well you were offside. I'm not a fan of that. Uh, especially when I'm trying to get overs. But uh but no, I I mean the thing is they should have to be accountable for what they do. And if they are we're not not always going to get the answer we think is the right answer. But, but you least, don't expect that. No, no. We don't get the right answers from coaches. But you at least want some transparency. Is yeah, it? It's and, not and, that much and to ask. You know what? Every now and then it'd be nice to say, you know what? From my angle, it looked like a penalty, but I might have screwed it up now that I look at the replay. You know what? I'd feel better about that. Uh, let's get Javon on. What's up, Javon? Hey, in defense of the referees, I know a lot of these guys watch film uh, before a game, and they, they know what guys are dirty and they have reports and such, maybe the guy was just trying to say, like, we, we want to set the tone early, and we're not going to put up with certain things. So maybe that's what he meant when he, he made that comment. He wanted to get a call early just so he could dictate the tone of the game going forward. That's my take on that. Thanks, guys. But is that acceptable? Is it, is it ex- like, to say I wanted to get a uh, – but then you're saying, like, if you say, hey, I want to make sure there's no nonsense going on in this game, like – you're not going to let let's say you're not going to let basketball players push each other around down low like and you call the first the first time it happens you call it even if it's not a big deal because you you're trying to say hey there's going to be no nonsense going on like if it's duke north carolina and you think there might be some some right, bad or blood or like lsu and bama getting in a fight before the game starts sure so you say hey we're not having any of this that's one thing but to come out and say i wanted to put a penalty on this team early you can't do that. That's different than setting the tone for how the game is going to be called. Because then you're saying, well, the way I'm setting the tone is the game is going to be called for one team. That's not right. Right. And again, why why are you just making that decision unilaterally? And how about you address the teams beforehand? Say, listen, there's been a lot of bad blood between you guys. We're not letting this get out of control. If, if you're out there playing hyper aggressive, you're going to get a call. And what what's I- wrong with that? You know, it is like, and obviously I'm not at a major league level, but when I'm coaching on the weekends, bad, like you understand bad officiating is part of things. These kids, these guys are making $25 a game or something to go umpire games. You just hope that it's consistent. And I tell the kids all the time, like if it's a high strike zone and you don't, if you don't think these are strikes, but he's calling them high, as long as they're all high, you, you can adjust to that. But if, you know, if he's calling them high for your, your, your batters and not for your pitchers, that's when you have a problem. So if the tone is set that, well, this guy's got a high strike zone or this guy uh, is, is going to call every everything that's remotely slashing looking, he's going to call it slashing. It's fine if it's going the whole, that's the pace for the game. It's not fine if you say, I'm calling it this way for this team or I wanted to get this team in penalty trouble early. That That's crazy. Yeah, and this bleeping team too. Let's just yeah. let's throw that in there. That that's not never a good look, right? No. But and again, I think this applies to all sports and and I think that um you know, there may be situations where you know there's going to be a problem 
Of course, I don't know. Why am I talking to a guy who got kicked out? I did get kicked <laughs> out, and that wasn't fair. That wasn't right, as we discussed, uh, right? Uh, you insulted him a little bit. No, I didn't. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but um, but the, the reality is that I, I, I believe that if you if there are issues like that, you have that conversation before the game. You walk over to the co- or skate over to the coach's bench, say, "Listen, uh, I, I know you guys ha- had a big fight last time. I know your guy's going to be going after that dude. We're not going to put up with it. If he gets over and checks him, he's getting a penalty. So keep it clean, guys. Yeah. Now it's not going to stop the guy from going over there, and then he's going to clobber the hell out of him because he knows he's going to get a penalty. But at least you put that out out front. Not, you know what? I want to call a penalty on these guys early, just to yeah. It's just wrong. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm I'm not normally glad when a guy gets fired, but I'm glad that this guy got fired because, again, and not from a hockey perspective. And I mean, if, if a penalty being called on the Predators means literally nothing to me because I, I don't I don't really follow hockey. I'm not I'm not that into it. But if you start to bring in, if you start to question the integrity of sports. In a time where sports betting is kind of blowing up, right, and, that does nobody any favors, and that's that's why I was saying to anyone who's a ref or an official or anything like that out there, you need to watch yourself more than ever, because look how how often do you see everybody's got you know, the whole world is a bunch of conspiracy theory idiots, right? Yeah. So you make a bad call late in the game, like I guarantee you, how many Saints fans said the NFC Championship was fixed because the refs didn't make that call? They all thought that. It was fixed, right? Yeah. Because the refs had money on the Rams. And anytime something like that happens, you're going to be in the crosshairs. And if you happen to do it the one time where eh, maybe you were shaving points, and your ass is going to prison. So, you, I mean, I, I think you need to, more than ever, you guys need to be above reproach. And you need to be transparent and stuff like this is unacceptable in any sport. And yeah, you know, I'm I don't like seeing people fired either, but guess what? Well, bye. <laughs> and and you got to realize there's oh, there's open mics everywhere, man. Well, and he's, he's literally he's mic'd up. His, I know, but he's Yeah, but he's hooked up and he, I mean, it's like NFL guys, you can turn it off. But you need it to communicate with uh, with uh, Toronto. Okay, so turn your damn mic off. But even then, you can't say stuff like that. You just can't. You treat a microphone like a loaded gun. Every gun is loaded. Every microphone is always on and always recording. Well, and it's like, you know, like I saw a couple times, even if this is something that happens regularly within hockey, it, you're not supposed to say it out loud. It's one of those things that you just keep to yourself and everyone just like maybe all the refs look at each other and nod and they all know what's going on. But you certainly don't say it out loud because it just it opens up this Pandora's box. And I'll just say it's not as common as people want to make it out to be, but it it does happen and it does happen in every sport. It just so happened that it was hockey this time. And well, and also just so happens that this it got said publicly out loud. Yeah, like that. That's the biggest difference because we. I mean, you can really argue for a makeup call in every sport, every game that gets played. We could come in here every Monday and say, "Well, that call happened because they felt like they missed this one or whatever." But is if they don't say it out loud during the game, we'll never know. We can't prove it. Right. 
When you, I right. mean, and and, and I'll, I'll just I'll just say this: when I was a kid, I was a, a ball boy for the Rockets, and a lot of times we'd get the refs, which you always preferred because they tip better. <laughs> but some of the conversations they had in there about guys, you know, in retrospect, now I'm in the seventh grade at the time, you don't think about it, but now I look at that and go, wow, were they really saying that about this guy? And they're in charge of the game. And I, I don't know how much that's changed. But we shouldn't ever know who refs are. That's the thing. Except for, uh, what's his name that had the big guns? Ed Hockley. Ed Hockley. Yeah, we knew him because of that. We should never know your name. What about the lady refs that are all smiling at Luka Doncic? Like, <laughs> that lady ref that was like in love with him. He's dreamy. I like that. What about that uh, Sarah Phillips? Once she wore a mask, ooh. oh, you liked her in a mask, yeah, yeah, because it, you know, because she has that kind of invisible chin. So without the mask, like with the mask, but no, we should never know these guys' names. And so, if you're an official or a ref or an umpire, and we know your name, it's because you're doing a crappy job. No, who doesn't do a crappy job? New breaks. In fact, new breaks does a great job. And all you have to do is go to newbreaks.com. Mention ESPN. You're going to get 10% off. This is a mobile break repair service. They come to you. They're convenient. They're 20 to 50% more affordable than shops and dealers on average. And right now is not the time to go to a shop or a dealer. I know things are getting better, but isn't it better just sit at home and let them come and do your breaks? Or if it's your office, they can come do it there too. If a family member needs it. And I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, hey, man, my mom needed this done. I sent them over there. They did a great job. Uh, my dad needed this done. They took care of me. And uh, th- that's that's what they do. They do a great job. And breaks is what they do, and it's all they do. So go to newbreaks.com, N-U-B-R-A-K-E-S.com. Mention ESPN. You're going to get 10% off your service. They're going to get right back to you within a couple of minutes. You're going to get a surprise-free repair quote. And uh, then they'll set up your appointment, and they'll come take care of you. Newbreaks.com. That's N-U-B-R-A-K-S-K-E-S.com. Mention ESPN. 10% off your service, newbreaks.com. Come 